Drive Time Radio with New York Vinny. It is Drive Time Radio here on 150 KKNW. New York Vinny hanging out with you as we always do on uh, Saturday mornings from 8 to 9. Get you caught up on what's going on in the world of uh, automotive culture, cars. We do car reviews. We even listen to a cartoon. And we get, uh, of course, Nathan's view on what's going on. Nathan, our fine producer, who we'll hear from in just a couple of minutes. Uh, Members of the Nathan Fan Club, stay calm, stay cool, stay collected. We'll have Nathan for you. But uh, kind of a sad week in cars around here. I know everybody, Husky fans are happy. Uh, You know, they won the Pac-12 championship last night. and Everybody's jumping up and down. They beat the Ducks, which made it extra special. And um, so congratulations uh, to the Huskies. And before we go any further, I want to say hello and uh, please get well soon to uh, one of our good friends who joins the show from time to time, uh, Lance Lambert, who from uh, the Vintage Vehicles show, is um, recovering from an illness, and uh, we wish him uh, all, uh, all the good luck and all uh, the love that you, you can send to somebody. Lance is a great guy, and he's been a, a car guy around here since car clubs started. Uh, Everybody in the automotive field knows Lance Lambert uh, and uh, his vintage vehicle show uh, that you can still see on YouTube. Uh, And and whenever he comes on the show, it's, I feel like I'm talking to uh, the historian of uh, Seattle hot rods and, and car club stuff. And, you know, his, his talking brings you back to a simpler time in our lives. So, uh, Lance, get well soon. We hope to have you on the show. Now, when Lance comes out uh, of uh, or gets back out on the street, especially in his little um, 51 Studebaker Champion, and I love so much that car. It's like, oh, it's perfect. Uh, or he just bought an Edsel, too, this past year. Anyway, uh, he will find an institution missing. I don't know if you've heard about this or not, but if you are a car person, you um, know of Triple X Root Beer in Issaquah, the last Triple X Root Beer in the United States. You can't miss the sign on the side of the road as you're going out 90. It kind of lets you know that you're leaving kind of the urban area and you're now headed toward the jungle, headed toward the Snoqualmie Pass. Make sure you got your chains on. Uh, but the Triple X, besides having decent food for driving, was the spot where people in, in, in car culture would go. If you wanted to go to a car show, if you wanted to see a lot of beautiful different cars, uh, if you wanted to meet people in a car club, you went to Triple X on a Sunday afternoon. And I think in the summer, like on Thursday nights, Wednesday nights, there were different nights that people would um, would cruise in and either meet to go for a cruise or go and hang out all day, uh, get one of those great root beer floats and sit around and talk cars. It was, a, it was just an institution. And uh, last Wednesday, I believe it was, just like that, they closed the doors. 
They just said, uh, we're retiring, sold it. And I believe the sale went through yesterday. And one of the great things about the triple X, not only was the food, but the uh, atmosphere inside, they had collections of stuff that people had given them over the years, uh, old license plates and old hubcaps and car parts. And it was a virtual museum of stuff. Uh, if you went inside to eat. But the trick really was to sit outside and watch the car show and talk to people. It was one place where people just came together as a community and talked to each other and listened to music uh, on the, the jukebox that they had. I mean, it was the only place I'd go, still stick, you know, a quarter in a jukebox and wait for your song. Oh, yeah, I played that one. And... It um, So it was more than just a hamburger stand. It was a gathering place for people to talk to each other, a gathering place for people to, who were interested in cars or just wanted to a cheap date on a Friday or Saturday night. I mean, it didn't cost you anything but a rupee float to get in. And even then, you didn't have to buy anything. I mean, you could go there and sit out at the tables and watch what was going on. But all ages were out there, all types of people. Uh, you had little kids, to, you know, parents would bring them down and, you know, walk around with them, looking at the cars. And then you would have, uh, you know, old people who, you know, used to have that kind of car and would come out and, and look at the different cars. Um, I went out there a bunch of times. I, I had two classic cars um, at once, uh, much to the consternation of my ex-wife, um, a Corvette and an El Camino. And I used to alternate back and forth between the two uh, going out there. But I did do, and I can't believe when I looked at this, uh, 14 years ago, I did a, uh, a video about the triple X. Now you'll have to excuse it because it's one of my first videos. So I was just, I was really new at, at, at the whole video thing. So if it's a little funky and a little crazy, but the sound I think captures uh, what the triple X was all about. So let me, uh, let me call it up here and uh, get it where I can start it again. And we'll, uh, We'll give it a little go for you and see if we can uh, see if we can make it work. Um, again, as I say, it is, uh, you know, it's one of those things where you're, you know, I don't know why. It's, it's going to go to YouTube and click the play button, looks like. Ah, uh, yes. Okay, there we go. Yeah, see, uh, you know, that's, see, that's why Nathan is the best producer in the world. Uh, for no other reason, he keeps me on track. All right, let's see if we can make this work. I press play and walk away. Hey, what are you doing? Come on. Want to go take a ride? Come on. Come with me. We're going to take a ride out to Triple X Group here. Look at some cars and have some fun. So we take a short drive out I-90 to the Triple X Root Beer place in Issaquah, the last remaining Triple X Root Beer in the United States of America. And on a sunny Sunday afternoon like this, all the vet guys are out, all, all the car guys are out. You take the cars out for a ride and then wind up here at Triple X. It's kind of an impromptu car show 
this sunny Sunday afternoon, and I figured I'd take you with me and show you a little bit. Look at some of the beautiful Corvettes that uh, came out and parked. Uh, you, I mean, just the luster and the wax and the shine on these things. It's really just so beautiful to look at them, especially this one. I mean, I'm a kid, I'm a proud papa of this baby, but uh, an impromptu Sunday afternoon car show at Triple X, where everybody just kind of hangs out. Look at this beautiful uh, Z06 that's a few years old. These guys from the Tacoma Car Club that came up. This 72 T-Top, like 60 grand into this car, just had it restored. And this is his kid's car, the 79 yellow Corvette. I love that color, too. Here it is, Corvette Row at the Triple X Group here on a Sunday afternoon. Ain't it grand? Ain't it beautiful? I'm glad you can come along. You know, and one of the great things is that these car shows and gatherings of car fans aren't just for the old cars. Lots of young guys are get these little foreign cars. They're just having a blast with them. But the classics really do shine on a day like this. Look at these uh, old guys driving these Austin Healy's. I mean, these just gorgeous machines. You know, I mean, with all the Corvettes and everything else that was around there, I think more people stopped and looked Austin Healy's and just the fine early British machinery than maybe anything else happened. These things are just absolutely groovy little cars. Can you imagine Twiggy riding Tweety? <laughs> Look at the paint jobs on these things, too. Those two tones are just absolutely fantastic. And, of course, looking at these old cars are great, but you know what? It is triple X root beer. What better than mom, dad, and the little kid grabbing a root beer float and a big burger and having a good time? Ah, oh, man. Hungry just thinking about it. And so it's back home now for another sunny Sunday afternoon. Hey, you know what? It was a blast. Thanks a lot for taking the ride. Remember, if you're hungry, head on out to triple X. Well, you can't head out to Triple X anymore, unfortunately, uh, as they are uh, closing. Now, it was, uh, uh, have closed. They closed as of Wednesday night, I believe, it was the, or Thursday night was the last night that you could go. But what a place. What a, what a landmark place. Now, I read in one story, I, I guess somebody had said, and again, you can't believe everything you hear, obviously, especially on the Internet, but somebody had said that they were – um, going to build condos on it. That's what they sold it for, for condos. Um, the family says uh, that they are going to uh, possibly, and this is just a possibility, uh, look for another place to put the triple X. Although, I, I don't know if they own the land and everything, why wouldn't you just keep it there? And uh, I, I don't know, it doesn't, it doesn't quite add up to me, but, you know, um, if if they don't, it was one of those things that you'll remember for years and years and years uh, if you ever went out there and ate one of the burgers or, or, you know, took part in the car shows or just stopped there on your way out to Pullman or, uh, you know, to Spokane to visit Aunt Maisie or, or, or whatever. So thank you to... 
um, the people that ran the place, uh, Jose and uh, Maricela, who was the general manager, uh, you know, many times it, it was interesting. I went out, I was gone for, you know, eight years. I hadn't been to Triple X. I walked in and Jose called me by name, uh, you know, knew who I was. And, and not just because I do a radio show, but he was like that with a lot of customers. They just knew, they knew how to handle a business. You know, they were they were nice and personable people, and they are nice and personable people. But the guy's going to be 80 years old. When you get that old, you probably want to, um, you know, say, hey, it's uh, time to go enjoy life a little bit. So we'll, uh, we'll wait and keep you updated on what happens to the Triple X. One of, the, one of my favorite, and, and Nathan, I'm going to ask you this question. When I first got to Seattle, I first went out to the Triple X. I was enamored of it. And so when I used to do the old Mikey and Vinny show on KJR, we tried to come up with uh, easy questions for people to win prizes. So let's see if Nathan can get this one, because this is the one we use most often. All right? Some trivia. Yes. How many X's are in the triple X root beer sign at the triple X in Issaquah? I'm going to have to say it's a trick question and go with four. No, but you're on a trail. I, I, I like you thinking. You didn't just go with three. Actually, <laughs> there's six because there's X's on both sides of the sign. Oh. So three on one side, three on the other. Six is the number. We used to, we used to use that trivia question like every week. <laughs> and damned if people just didn't get it right. <laughs> so easy just to throw out, oh, there's obviously three. It's triple X. Well, you, you know, it's funny. we used to use another one, too, that I used to love. I call it Trivia for Idiots. Um, what was it? Uh, how many How many rivers pass by Three Rivers Stadium? One. No, three. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's right confluence. <laughs> and who was buried in Grant's tomb? You know, there's a question about that. Yeah. <laughs> but... It's amazing sometimes. Uh, how you doing there, Pally? I'm doing well. Happy that the Huskies were able to cap off their, you know, Pac-12 career with a win of the championship. No better way to go out. And now they have, a, I guess, a very likely chance to be in the college football playoffs, too. So if they get there, best oh, of yeah, luck to them. I couldn't imagine what they said in a broadcast last night. Them in Michigan in the Rose Bowl would be uh, the interesting matchup. I... Uh, Listen, I'm a diehard Cougar fan. I, mean, I love the Cougs, but you got to give respect and, and love to uh, somebody who has pulled off what they have pulled off. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and deservedly so. I mean, their coach is a really good guy. I really like their players. Gone are the days where you would hear about them all the time in the newspaper for some kind of stupid, insane stuff. So he's, he's brought a sense of discipline to that program, or he's hiding the bad stuff really well, one or the, one <laughs> <or> the other. <laughs> and, of course, the uh, Huskies did against the Oregon Ducks, who are another major rival for the Cougars, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're yeah, probably yeah. more happy to see the Ducks lose as well. Yeah. Oh, you know, it's it's interesting. I it, The rivalry between the Huskies and the Cougars is, is always going to be a great rivalry, but I think it's it's calmed down a bit over, 
I don't know, the 30 years that I've been here, minus the 10 that I was gone, but I still followed the rivalry and still followed the game. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems to have really calmed down. I mean, I remember when people got into like fights over and, and would say really nasty stuff, like players would come on and say nasty stuff about, you know, come on the show. And we used to have a guy, Chad Eaton, who used to come on the show. And he would just, I mean, he would incite the Huskies. You know, he, he wanted to get him going because he wanted to, as he called it, lay hat to people. And I don't think the rivalry has that um, kind of hate component to it anymore because maybe we're all just trying to hate a little less these days. But it's still, you know, because of, of how deeply it's rooted, you know, Huskies marry, marry Cougars, Cougars marry Huskies. Da, da, da. Mm-hmm. So Oregon gives everybody kind of like a common enemy. We can all, you know, everybody can can dislike Oregon. Yeah. You know, it, it, it kind of gives, it brings the community together, which I think is a good thing, isn't it? Yeah. And I think, too, that the Huskies and the Cougars, like with their rivalry, uh, the cultures have been more blended, like Washington, like more people have come from the east side over to the west side of the United States. So they've just kind of been more blended in with each other as far as just normal society. So it's become kind of a normal thing that there's either Husky fans or Cougar fans. It's not like they were separated by the mountain range in the middle of the state. Pretty soon we'll have we are the world 2024 with the Cougar football team and the Husky yes. football team in the studio singing. We yeah. are the Cougs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen, but congratulations to the Husky and Coach DeBoer and uh, Michael Penix and, and just a, uh, a spectacular run for this team. And, you know, you, you cheer for them now to become the national champions. Uh, you know, it would be a, be a great thing for the city. A great thing for Husky fans, especially the old Husky fans that have been around for a million years and are still upset about uh, um, 1992 and the fact that they only got half a championship uh, was uh, it was crazy. Um, what else? Oh, yes. Uh, there's usually a reason I talk to you around this time, isn't there? Yeah. Uh, let's see. There was something on my mind. What was? Oh, yeah. Yo, Vinny, what are you driving this week? Oh, I'm glad you asked, Nathan. I thought you would never ask. You, you know, you, we got to figure out a way for you and me to get together this week because I am driving uh, possibly the car that will win the uh, car I didn't want to give back award Ooh, this year. Let's I, I hear mean, about it. It's a late entry, but I think this may be up there's the 2024 Toyota gr corolla this is the hot little hatch that is is and again i haven't had a chance to take it out and really uh punch it or anything or take it up to the joe and give it a ride around or anything like that but just from going down the airport and back and uh, running around town this is a car this is a three-cylinder 300 horsepower car that has a spectacular suspension in it that hugs the road, holds the road, is fearless on the road, and has a lot of style. This is not the Corolla that your mom goes to the uh, to the Toyota showroom and buys. Matter of fact, you can't get these things. Uh, there's only I think they only built uh, uh, fifteen hundred of them or something like that. Um, 
there's nothing wrong with this car. As a matter of fact, everything's right. All those scoops that you see, which are usually decoration on other cars, are real and functional on this car. That spoiler that's in the back that uh, you might be looking at, or, or at least if you're looking at pictures of the car on the internet, that's a functional spoiler. It keeps the rear down. Three exhaust pipes, one for each cylinder. GR, which stands for Gazoo Racing, is um, really... Uh, there's nothing much in this car that a regular Corolla has, uh, you know, some kind of basic subframe stuff. Everything else is incredible. It is a 300 horsepower, as I said, turbocharged, three-cylinder engine, all-wheel drive, a sport-tuned suspension that you can adjust uh, to track or street. And I'm hoping somehow I get a chance to take this thing on a track in the next couple of days. And I'll put it right up there with the Honda Civic Type R or the Volkswagen Golf. It has a six-speed manual, which I love, a manual transmission. It just can't beat the manual transmission in this thing. And it's really, it, it, it probably is, and I know it's the Supra in this car and that car that Toyota puts out, but good golly, man, this thing is like, this is the top of the pops. And I'm, I'm so glad that Toyota... And car companies still see fit to put these types of vehicles out. Um, uh, it comes in three variants, the core, the premium, and the circuit edition. We have the circuit edition, which is the top one. Um, the performance package is in there. Uh, as I said, 300 horsepower out of a three-cylinder engine is phenomenal. It's got the four all-wheel drive system, which allows you to uh, choose among different power distribution modes. So depending on what you're doing for the 60-40 every day to the 50-50 uh, split option, if you're going to take the thing out on the track and go racing. It is clearly Toyota's most track-ready car uh, that I've seen, uh, that I've driven so far. Uh, rubber on the car, it's the Michelin Pilot, so it really, um, what this car does is it gives you that that track hot rod kind of feeling, but with a comfortable everyday driver, if you want to spend that much money in gas, everyday driver accessibility to it. So if you like these things and you want to go out and buy one, uh, but yet you still need to drive it to work every day or you need to go pick up the kids at school, it's there. You have it. You got the hatchback. You have the... Uh, you know, all of the uh, all of the performance gear in here so that you can on a weekend go out to a track or something and have some fun with the car. And might I also say that Toyota does a great job with this as far as if you buy this car, they send you, it's voluntary obviously, but they offer to send you to driving school so that you can learn how to handle a vehicle like this. Because this is not your regular Toyota Corolla. This is a car that can, you know, things can get ugly quickly. And I applaud Toyota for saying, hey, we're going to send you, you know, if, if you buy this car, we're going to offer to send you to school to, um, to learn about how to handle this car, how to drive this car. So uh, six-speed manual, as I said, 
uh, with Rev Match. It really, uh, it really just drives everything home. No pun intended. When it comes to uh, small performance cars, it goes zero to sixty in four point nine seconds. It'll get to. Uh, 100 miles an hour in 11.4 seconds, according to published reports. It's uh, it's actually quicker than the Civic and the Volkswagen Golf R, right? Just a, a minuscule amount, but it's quicker than both of those. So it's the Toyota, 24 Toyota Corolla uh, GR. And it's, uh, as I said, 1.6 liter. It gives you a good... Decent fuel economy, 21 city, 28 uh, highway. Uh, But you're not buying this car for economy. You're buying this car to buy a car that you can take out on the weekends to a rally or to the track and have uh, fun with. So that's what I'm driving this week. And Nathan, I really hope we get to hook up sometime this week and maybe uh, let you take take a, a little ride in this thing. It's really a, a, a spectacular um, a spectacular accomplishment by Toyota and a, a fun little vic, uh, vehicle. All right, that's Yo Vinny. Oh, by the way, price tag on this thing is, I think, just a shade under $52,000, I think, um, complete. So uh, it's actually, when it comes to uh, price, it's not a bad price for a supercar which uh, is is really well for Toyota's supercar. Um, it uh, Toyota's putting out some fantastic product these days. Uh, you know, the problem with Toyota is it's hard to get them. Uh, you know, these cars have sold out already, I believe. And even, you know, their, their mass production stuff like the RAV4 Prime and those vehicles are tough to get uh, because the quality and, and – just the um, uh, the convenience, the accessibility of Toyotas are bar none, probably the best in the market. All right, take a quick break here. When we come back, we will uh, give you the uh, winners and the losers in automobile value. What cars lost the most value? What cars gained the most value <clears throat> over the past uh year in 2023 we have that data in and we will uh let you do you have one of the cars on the list are you a winner or a loser also the most popular car colors of 2023 that list is in as well we'll do that all right here on drive time radio ladies and gentlemen james dean hi jimmy hi again we asked jimmy over today because he's a racing man himself a real one, not a crazy one. Incidentally, I think I should explain that Jimmy just stepped over from the set of Giants. And need I add, he plays a Texan. Speaking of racing, have you ever been in a drag race? Are you kidding me? I just thought I'd ask. No, Jim races in the tradition, you might say. Real racing cars, real tracks. How fast will your car go? Oh, an honest miles an hour. Clocked, it could run about 106, 7. You've won a few races, haven't you? Oh, one or ten. Where? Well, I showed pretty good at Palm Springs. I ran a Bakersfield. Jimmy, we probably have a great many young people watching our show tonight, and for their benefit, I'd like your opinion about fast driving on the highway. Do you think it's a good idea? A good point. I, 
uh, I used to fly around quite a bit, you know. I took a lot of unnecessary chances on the highways. And I started racing, and, uh, and now I drive on the highways, and I'm uh, extra cautious, because you know, no one knows what they're doing half the time. You don't know what this guy's going to do with that one. On a track, there are a lot of men who spend a lot of time developing rules and uh, ways of safety. And uh, I find myself being very cautious on the highway. I don't have the urge to, to speed on the highway. People say racing is dangerous, but I'll take my chances on the track any day than on a highway. Well, Gig, I think I'd better take off. Oh, wait a minute, Jimmy. Um, one more question. Do you have any special advice for the young people who drive? Take it easy driving. The life you might say might be mine. You know? <laughs> Get your daily dose of variety. Alternative Talk, 1150. As we work our way toward Christmas, we will have, uh, I don't think, not, probably not next week, but the week after, maybe we'll do it next week, I don't know, our, uh, our annual uh, Christmas gifts for drivers, where we uh, kind of scour the internet and give you an idea of what the best thing to buy for that uh, driving person, that automotive person in your life. Uh, you know, new and inventive stuff, uh, kind of cool stuff that's out there that you, sh- you know, kind of like a little gift guide. And then, um, so we'll do that. We'll have, uh, and we will name our, our uh, um, car, five cars that we did not want to give back. We'll do that in our last show of the year. Uh, uh, this December instead of doing it uh, next year. Uh, wait until next year. We're going to get that all together for you for our uh, New Year's show. So uh, we'll have that for you. Okay, as we said before, you go buy a car, you go to the showroom, and you, you're, you're thinking to yourself, oh, I love the color, I love this, I love that about the car. But what's this car going to cost me? Uh, how long will I be able to keep this car? And there are certain cars that hold their value. Toyota is usually among them. And certain cars that their value drops like a lead weight going into the ocean. I mean, it just goes boom, it plummets. It doesn't just drop, it plummets. I see cars, which is a great website, uh, do a lot of research around different parts of uh, pieces of cars. Um, put out a list earlier this week of the top 25 vehicles with the highest five-year depreciation and the ones with the least. So let's go with the uh, uh, the highest five-year depreciation. These cars lose the most money in five years. Now, there's good and there's bad to that. If you buy one off of the showroom floor, you're, you're, you know, you're, you're losing, man. No way you're you're even going to come close to breaking even on these cars. No matter what anybody tells you they're going to give you for the car, bottom line is they're hard to sell. The good news for you is if you want to drive a nice luxury car, uh, these cars are so cheap uh, compared to what they are when you drive them off the showroom floor. If you don't mind driving, uh, I don't know, a uh, 
a five-year-old Audi A6, you can get some spectacular buys. Now, the Audi A6 came in at number 13 on the list. That car lost $38,252 off of MSRP uh, in five years, which is about what people keep their cars these days, five, six, seven, depending on the situation. Uh, the top 10, coming in at number 10, was the Audi A7. Lost 48917 bucks off of the MSRP. Uh, MSRP, excuse me. The Jaguar XF, 57.6%. The Maserati Levante, 57.8%. So you lost over five years just on the value of the car, $55,858. The Infiniti QX80, 58.1. The BMW X5. 58.2. At number five, the Cadillac Escalade ESV lost 58.5% of its value over five years. That's why you see a lot of Uber drivers driving those because you can buy them cheap. The 5 Series BMW Hybrid lost 58.8% of its value. Over the past five years, the Ghibli, the Maserati, 61.3%. $58,623 is what it costs you just in the loss of the of value on the car. The BMW 7 Series is in at number two with 61.8% of its value MSRP being lost, so 72444 is what you lost driving that car for five years. And the number one loser on the list, the vehicle with the highest five-year depreciation, according to the IC car study, the Maserati Quattroporte lost $90,588 dollars off of its MSRP as to what you could now sell it for. $90,588 is what it cost you just in loss of value for that car. It's kind of amazing when you think about it. I mean, you really do lose a ton of money. Now, um, you know, obviously these are SUVs. For the most part, um, and they are seem to be, except for the Cadillac, all brands that you would expect, except Audi. I didn't think Audi would lose that much value, but the A7, the Q7, the A6 are all on this list. Um, the Tesla Model S, just in case you're thinking, you're wondering, you're thinking about it, uh, lost 55.5%. Uh, of its value, so it lost sixty thousand one hundred and forty-five bucks, is what you lose driving a Tesla. All right, let's go to the cars with the lowest five-year depreciation, and we'll go to top ten of those. Uh, oddly enough, the Toyota Corolla lost just twenty-four and a half percent of its value, fifty-eight hundred bucks. 
Subaru Crosstrek, a car that we just tested a couple of weeks ago, uh, 24.5%. So they lost 7,214. The CHR Toyota, 6692 or 24.4%. The Camaro, which I'm a little surprised is, is where it is on this list, lost just 24.2% of its value. The Subaru BRZ, uh, 23.4%. This is one that really surprised me. I thought this car would have held its value a lot more. The Honda Civic, sedan or hatchback, 21.5% of its value. So that's 8,100 bucks that you lose. The Jeep Wrangler lost 20.8%. People still want Jeeps. The Toyota Tacoma, 20.4% is number three. And then the top two are both Porsches. The, nine, uh, the 718 Cayman lost just 17.6% of its value or just $13,372 over five years. And the Porsche 911 Coupe was the winner at the average five-year depreciation. 9.3% uh, lost 18094 bucks. But again, we're talking about a car that, you know, you're going to go in off of the showroom floor and it's going to cost you hundred and whatever thousand, you know, at the minimum, you're not walking. And it's not a $49,000 car. So uh, don't get too excited about it. But, uh, and it's a high demand car. I mean, they're selling all they can print. So that that's kind of gives you an idea. And again, it's all general uh, studies here, but it looks like you, uh, you know, you look at this list and you go, these are the cars that at least are going to hold a value. So if you really want that, you know, if if your girlfriend or wife or husband or boyfriend or whatever is is loving the Maserati Quattro Porte, get them a five-year-old used one. You'll save yourself 90000 bucks, and then go buy a, a summer home somewhere. <laughs> you know, same thing with the uh, 7 Series. Uh, it's an incredible car. I mean, I've driven them, but to pay seventy-two thousand four hundred forty-four bucks over five years to, for the privilege of owning that car—sorry, uh, it's uh, it's a little too rich for my blood. Uh, by the way, somebody had, had asked me about the Cadillac XT5, which uh, I think my brother had asked me about that actually. And uh, that one lost sixty-eight, uh, excuse me, thirty-one thousand seven hundred thirty-seven bucks, or over fifty percent, fifty-three point nine percent. The overall average of the top twenty-five uh, was thirty-eight point eight percent, is what you lost. Um, and if you buy an electric vehicle, be prepared to um, to lose a lot. There's just, uh, there's still, people are not there yet with the electric vehicles. People are just, you know, between the uh, stigma about charging stations and the battery, fire, this, that, the other thing, people are just not, they're getting there. But when you buy one, you better be uh, thinking about keeping it for a while or you better lease it uh, because the numbers uh, are, are staggering, especially among the non-Tesla, the, the Nissan Leaf and the Chevrolet Bolt both lose 
over 50% of their value when you drive them uh, off the lot and keep it for five years. So still got still had a long way to go with electric cars. Although up here, I think that it, it's a, probably a little bit of a different dynamic because electric cars are popular up here. All right. So that's a little education for you on that front. Now time for a little musical respite as we uh, jump into our Saturday morning cartoon. This one is a band that I don't know much about, but I was drawn to this band for two different reasons. Their name, Carpool Tunnel, not Carpool Tunnel, but Carpool Tunnel. And the video to this um, the guy that's driving the car in the video is driving an exact copy of my first car when I got my driver's license. I had cars before that uh, that I bought and fixed up, but the first car I had when I had my when I got my driver's license was a '67 Plymouth four-door Fury One. It looked exactly like a police car. And in and in this video, uh, which you'll have to go and, and look for the link for um, on our Facebook page, you will, um, it's the same color. It's even got some of the same rust box. So I was immediately drawn. Again, this is Carpool Tunnel and Driving to the Moon. There you go, Carpool Tunnel and Driving to the Moon. A great video, kind of a... 80s feel to that song, I guess. Uh, I, you know, it's kind of poppy, but I like it. I like it. It's a, it's a cool little song, and I'm glad that they uh, put that out and they make it onto the uh, Saturday morning cartoon, which is always uh, a way to bring together the two things that uh, we love a lot music and cars. And if you got music and cars in your life, and listen, I know there's a lot of people out there that go, what do you, you got to have the cars for? I don't know. I just, uh, I grew up in an era where music and cars and radio and everything just all went together. I can't believe that I zoned on this. I'm supposed, I, I, I want to tell you about this. Uh, and I should have had, uh, and I apologize to the people who put this on uh, because it's such a great event. We talked to them last year and uh, they did, we actually helped them out. They said they had people that heard this on the radio. So once again, they um, are, are doing it again. It's the 21st year that the folks at uh, Pacific Raceways have gotten together with uh, their fans and come up with the Northwest Toy Run. It's going to be tomorrow uh, from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. at uh, Pacific Raceways down in Kent. And, uh, again, it's a very simple thing. Last year, they opened it back up again after the two years of COVID restrictions. Uh, the 21st Northwest Toy Run, their 20th anniversary, uh, VIP club and general parking, vendors, and uh, it's $5 per person to get in or a new unwrapped toy. Um, which, you know, I, I mean, you go to... You go to Walmart, you buy a, a radio control car or whatever for 20 bucks. You bring it down there and they make sure that they get wrapped and kids get a toy for Christmas. Underprivileged kids, kids that uh, maybe they have, their parents are out of work or something like that, or, or, or maybe even homeless. Who knows what the situation is 
with uh, with those kids. But just because a kid is, uh, you, you know, is is their parents are experiencing hardship doesn't mean that they shouldn't get anything for Christmas. And I know a lot of people this time of year do this, the Seahawks and the Mariners and all the sports teams do it. This is a chance. Uh, this is a chance for people to, uh, to give back a little bit, to make sure that the car community gives back a little bit, make sure that people are taken care of uh, on Christmas. I mean, we run around buying gifts for our friends and our relatives and everything like that. I, I think it gives you uh, an, an immense feeling to be able to buy gifts for somebody you don't even know, knowing you're making somebody's Christmas a little bit better. So again, it's tomorrow. It is at uh, the Pacific Raceways on 144th Avenue, Southeast in Kent. Bring a, an unwrapped toy and you will get in. Walk around, see the vendors. I'm sure they'll have food down there and everything. And it'll really be a, a, a great time and, and good uh, friendship among car people. And you, you can't beat that. It's really a, a, an incredible uh, incredible feeling to be able to, uh, to help them out. If you go to Facebook, they have a page, NW Toy Run 2023. As I said, starts tomorrow at 10 a.m. at Pacific Raceways. And, um, again, I apologize to them. I was supposed to have them on and I just totally blanked on it until I realized that today is, uh, is the day before. So <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> you know, I got so many things going on in my head sometimes that, uh, I, I lose the things that I'm supposed to do right in front of me. But again, please, if you can at all see your way, uh, to go down there tomorrow, and uh, participate in the Northwest Toy Run uh, by bringing a, a, a nice unwrapped toy. I don't know if you can get something like you see behind me. This was uh, one of my favorite toys uh, one Christmas is uh, a Texaco gas station. Uh, you know, Texaco used to come out with a new toy every Christmas. And uh, my at that time, my father was not a Texaco dealer. He was a Sudoku dealer. And so I had a cousin in New Jersey that was a Texaco dealer. So we used to make a trip out to, uh, to New Jersey, to, out to Elizabeth, to go see my, uh, my cousin. And my father thought, oh, I didn't know what he was putting in that big bag that he was stuffing into the trunk when I wasn't looking. But it was my yearly Texaco toy. And I still have, I still have my, the Texaco tanker. And the Texaco tank truck, the trailer that you you know that you pulled, and the other uh, airport fueling truck. I still have a few of my Texaco toys. Uh, I was always uh, you know, and then my father eventually became a Texaco dealer, and uh, wound up um, selling the toys himself. And it was the happiest time of year when I was sitting there looking, and those new, you know, the boxes full of toys uh, came. And I was like looking and going, well, they're all for me. No, 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 no. We got to sell these. But it's, uh, you know, that and maybe because I grew up in the gas station business, I associate uh, that with that. But it was just, uh, it was great. And these little Texaco gas stations were awesome. You know, the garage doors went up. They had the pumps. 
And if you had a certain size, I forget if it was a 132nd or 124th or 125th car, it fit into the garage and had a little lift that you could lift it up. I mean, you could sit there and play gas station for hours with these things. I think they were like $9.95 and you had to assemble it. Um, which always caused a little bit of consternation for uh, my father. <laughs> it was, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, to be fair, he had hands that were like catcher's mitts. You know, he had these, 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 just these big, brutal hands. And, uh, you know, and he's trying to put together these little parts, and it just never worked out. I think uh, my mother wound up putting together some, a lot of the stuff because he just couldn't get his, his fingers in there. So, uh, once again, uh, uh, if you get the chance, go down and uh, drop off a, 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 an unwrapped new toy uh, to our friends and say hello down there at Pacific Raceways. And uh, it's, again, their 20th year of doing this. And uh, I can tell you from experience that you get such a warm feeling inside, such a good feeling inside when you uh, – when you give it Christmas time to people that you don't even know, sure you get a warm feeling when you give it to your grandkid, or, but to show up and buy people something or get people uh, something that you don't even know, making somebody's uh, Christmas a little bit happier anonymously, it's huge in my book. It's absolutely huge. And we always think about getting this time of year, and I just uh, hope that people think about giving. Uh, as well, um, getting is great, but uh, I will, I will, I always believe that this, the best feeling is giving, making somebody's holiday better. All right, I'll get off my soapbox, go down and see our friends down there in uh, Auburn, uh, Kent, at Pacific Raceways, and uh, drop them off a toy. All right, uh, we are uh, uh, coming up on uh, the end of this show, which always makes me sad because I, I don't get to spend as much time with uh, with Nathan as I like, but I'm going to try to get together with Nathan this week and show him this kazoo car before it uh, it goes back because it's uh, it's unbelievable. I'm going to go down actually uh, as soon as I get off the air. I'm going to run down to the Shoreline Cars and Coffee. I don't know what kind of day they're going to have uh, out there. It looks like it's it's at least stopped raining, so maybe they'll have a good. Um, you know, a, a, a decent turnout, but they go every week. So if you want to uh, go out when it's freezing and see cars and get together with a bunch of people and talk cars, no better place than our friends uh, at the Shoreline um, Shoreline Cars and Coffee, which is at 155th in Westminster, right by the, the country market there, um, that big market. It's uh, right there where the Sears used to be. You can't miss it. Uh, right by the, the DMV. Uh, and the license plate bureau is right uh, the other end of the same shopping center. Uh, so it's a great place to go and to check out people's cars and check out uh, what, they're, uh, what they're doing. And don't forget also that you can find us on Facebook at Drive Time Radio and TV, on Twitter at uh, DT Tweet, 
uh, NY Vinny. Both of those work. And uh, that's how we keep up with you during the week. As I said, we're putting our gift guide together. So uh, keep an ear out for that. And we will get uh, ready to get with you again next week. Uh, for another exciting edition of Drive Time Radio. We thank you so much for listening and uh, always appreciate the moments that you spend with us on Saturday mornings. So until next week, thank you so much. Have a good week.